Stories from the Honky Moon Café Written and read by Barclay Johnson The Great Ala So It's a shame that funerals happen when they do, when those for whom the funeral is held is not there to appreciate those who have made the effort to turn up, or all the kind words that are spoken. There is deep sorrow, of course, but also sadness amongst some that it takes a funeral for them to make contact, renew old acquaintances, meet the relatives they haven't seen since a wedding or a previous funeral. As opposed to the subdued and melancholy post-committal events of the past, a wake has become a more relaxed affair, with entertaining remembrances of the deceased. It can give a truer picture of the dearly departed and a genuine celebration of that person's life. Rose, who used to be the village post-lady, died three years ago. Her grandson was a regular drinker at the drum, and it was he that invited me to the wake following the funeral ceremony. He introduced me to Stan Birkenshaw, who had moved to the area the year before, and we got on immediately. He had known Rose's brother, who had been a minor theatrical impresario, and Stan had been one of his acts. Stan had been a conjurer and magician, working under the name of the great Arlarso. The cabinet in which the lady vanishes, then reappears, and sawing the lady in half were two of his tricks. But when one of his assistants became pregnant, sawing the lady in half was cut from the act. There was an implication that Stan and Rose had been more than friends, but Stan's travelling had got in the way. He joined Ensa entertaining the troops during the war, but having no assistant to make vanish or saw in half, he was desperate to fill out the act for the troops. While he was in North Africa and stationed in Benghazi, the opportunity arose when a belly dancer and fortune teller befriended him and gave him the gift. We then had to part as his taxi had arrived, but I wondered what kind of gift it was. A certain kind of gift was rife amongst the troops at the time, especially in North Africa. I was keen to find out more, but it was a few weeks before I could engineer another accidental meeting. Having reminded Stan where his story had got to, he then told me that travelling backwards and forwards with other entertainers across North Africa, he made regular visits to the woman, who was known as a Mamari in the Bodima suburb of Benghazi. Stan explained that a Mamari is Arabic for passageway, in that sense a conduit that acted as an intermediary between the living and the dead, as well as being able to foretell the future. By the time he returned to England, he picked up quite a lot from this Mamari, which may account for him being invalided home. Fully recovered after the war, he returned to the stage with his new act. He ditched the oriental garb for the astrological, started with his conjuring tricks, creating an air of mystery, and then did a partly comedic routine about star signs, then picked out individuals to do a more serious reading. After the interval, it was clairvoyancy and the psychic, which had become very popular due to Noel Coward's blithe spirit being the current box office success. Thinking that loved ones lost during the war might still exist in some form was seductive. Doing the astrological readings, he told me, gave him a sense of who might be a suitable subject. Asked what he meant, he said someone who was open. Stan said that most people have barriers through mistrust, disbelief, anger, selfishness, all sorts of emotions that get in the way. Hypnosis too had become a popular entertainment, but Stan said that often made people make fools of themselves, and that was not what he wanted to do. 
Up till then, I'd thought his act was just that, but it made me think he was serious. It made me wonder if he was genuine, really in touch with the other side, or if he just thought he was. If so, how could that fool the public? One evening, Stan reminded me of our chat about funerals and how it's a shame that the deceased is never there to witness the event. He said it would be revealing to know what people thought of you. I'm not sure I'd like to know, I quipped, but he was lost in thought, perhaps with his background, seeing how it could be done. We both seemed to have other things to do for a while, so we didn't catch up until one New Year's Eve, a particularly wintry night, and the conversation turned towards his time in North Africa. I could see he had a deep affection for that part of the world, its history and mystery, even though at that time it was in turmoil. As the sleet was battering the pub windows, it even made me think of relocating. About nine months had passed during which I hadn't seen Stan, but Dave at the pub had told me he'd call in a couple of times, so I presumed all was well. That was until I received an ominous-looking envelope. I don't like receiving many letters. Like many, practically all of my communication is online, so letters are more a cause for suspicion. I wasn't wrong. The letter was from funeral directors informing me of the sad news that Mr Stanley Milton Birkenshaw had deceased this life, and the family had acceded to his request that a wake take place at the old drummer monkey so that friends can pay their respects. This would be prior to his body being taken to his family home for the funeral ceremony and committal. Refreshments have been arranged at the drum for those wishing to attend. It was sad news, but the prospect of paying one's respects brought images of an open coffin with a deceased made up to look as if he was about to go on stage and surrounded by unknown family members. I should go. Our conversations about his stage act were a joy to remember. Besides, if he really had the gift, he might even be there. If you believe that there is anything after this life, then you feel obliged to attend a funeral purely to appease the spirit of the deceased. I've never heard of any angry spirit berating someone for not attending their funeral. If it did, it would make a good story, and certainly fill the pews. If you don't believe there is anything afterwards, then the ceremony and all that goes with it is purely to ease the pain of losing someone and a celebration of a life. Stan, however, had confused the issue. Could he really speak to those who had passed over? I would go, if only to avoid Stan appearing in ghostly form and complaining because I hadn't. A dozen or more people were in the Skittle Alley when I arrived, and I was immediately welcomed by his brother, who had travelled down from Lancashire to organise things, and would be returning with Stan for the funeral. I recognised several locals. Rachel, in particular, was talking to Sally Pemberton, and Martin Jeffers, the bell ringer. Paul from the shop was there too, and as I had discussed with Stan, it was sad to meet each other on such an occasion. The coffin was centre stage, fortunately closed. Stan's brother was sociable, and I think managed to speak to everyone and get a good idea of what we thought of Stan and how we all liked him and were fascinated by his theatrical history. The subject of whether he could really speak to those on the other side was understandably avoided, but the irony of our previous conversations gave me another perspective and, as is my nature, I found myself being the observer and studying the people and the event as if from afar. 
After about an hour, Stan's brother made a brief but fitting speech, thanking us for paying our respects, and knowing that Stan, a.k.a. the great Allah So, wherever he might be, is appreciating our kind words. Soon after, the coffin was removed into a black van, and we watched it drive away, followed by Stan's brother. Some of us remained for an hour or so, but eventually we all left with a sad thought that another member of our community had departed. Three months later I found a postcard on my doormat, the sort that tourists send home saying, wish you were here, or having a lovely time. One side had a photo of Valletta, Malta, and the other merely said, thank you for your kind words, and signed, the great Arlaso. Stan never had a brother. I knew that. 